keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time, and we are almost there. It's tomorrow. Yes. It's tomorrow. Finally. We're finally almost there. I'm so excited. I can't believe it. And you know what? We have to make pick 230 right now. We'll still do. Or at least tell us who we think the 49ers are going to take at 230. I mean, let's be real here. If this, if this is us. We wouldn't be picking at 2.30. We're not picking at 2.30. No, no, no. We're not grabbing here at 2.30. But you never know. The Niners may do one of our don'ts and just sit tight with everything they already made their move and they're just sitting there resting on their laurels of pick three you know they're just like everything's good <laughs> and great in our land we don't have to worry about it and if they do do that we want to make sure that you guys know who are some potential options we'll start with a corner because everyone knows the 49ers want and need some cornerback help diamador lenore out of oregon ant Delmo Lenore is a good player that's met with like 14 teams. Accurate. You know, so I think that he's he's definitely getting some looks. And I think people are also gauging, you know, what's going to happen if he goes undrafted. But I think this would be the target for him is kind of the late six, early seven. He's a guy that can play in the nickel. You can move him outside, but I think that's really where he sits well is in the nickel. And I actually liked him on film. I mean, early on, he was one of my guys that I really enjoyed watching. To me, he would make plays on the ball. He had good ball skills. And he never seemed like he was out of place. He always seemed like he knew what was going on. He could read what the offense was doing, and he made good plays. And that's what—that's really what I'm looking for, especially in this area right here. I'm looking for a guy that you could develop into a good player, somebody that could help you on special teams as a gunner, that kind of thing, and this guy fits the bill. He really does, and I'm a little shocked that he's, at times it looks like falling this far, even could be going undrafted. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential. He's a very smart player. Like you said, he's not really out of place on film ever. Also, he's a member of the Bang Bang Hood Gang. I don't know if y'all knew that or not, but he wears a nice hoodie too when he plays that DB position. I love to see it because it looks sick, especially in those highlighter green uniforms and horses and here to tell me that they're awful because they're not. And I won't ever back down from that. Oregon, you do you and stay with those unis. I love them to death. Diamador Lenore, like him a lot also, especially at this spot. I like him more than the uniforms. That's tough. It's close. I'm going to give it to Diamador Lenore, though. Also, because Diamador. I just like I like when they go black and silver. It is it is sick when they go black and silver. Yeah. I also like saying Diamador. Diamador. Okay. Yeah. I hear you. One more time? No. Okay. I, I, we're, we're good. Let, let's move on. Let's move on. All right. It's fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, some receiving options. Receiver. Mm -hmm. PFF says it's a huge draft name for the 49ers. It's third on our list, according to PFF. So we might as well address that here. And you know what? There's a guy that Gary, who's down there in the chat right now, is probably like begging, like, this is the spot, guys. Guys, it's 2.30. You have to do it right now. You know what, Gary? Just for you. TJ Vasher out of Texas Tech, guys. If you're looking for a six foot six red zone threat, then you're looking for TJ Vasher. You are 100% are. You know, um, I think there are weaknesses in Vasher's game as far as, you know, being able to get separation, you know, and having a vertical presence. But what he doesn't have a problem with is jump balls. And so if you're looking for that specific type of thing, maybe you don't think Jawan Jennings can pan out because that's part of the reason you got him. He's a six foot three and he can go up and get the ball. It's true. Um, so if you're looking for that option, yeah, he would make sense as a red zone threat. 
Um, I worry about the separation thing, but at 230, take a flyer on him, see what he can do in camp. If he doesn't work out, put him on the practice squad. We know that they like to stash big receivers on the practice squad. They've done it in the past. Did this guy make a transition to tight end? He would have to put on a lot of weight. I know that, but I'm, I'm wondering if that would be something that a team like the Niners might look at. They could, but... He's like, got the size. I mean, they it would literally take a couple years to put the weight on him. That's accurate also. He's pretty... He's got well, a slender what mean, frame. What do you mean, man? These guys are professional athletes. See, look at Bryson yeah. Shamble. He puts on like three months. <laughs> Protein shakes, right? Yeah. Lots of lifting and protein shakes. It's not hard to put on 35 pounds of muscle over a summer if you hit the gym real hard. Every day, like 12 hours a day. Thanks, program. Don't, for that quote. don't do that, kids. Don't <laughs> do it. That's not a good thing at all. Just but eat like no. The Rock. There's that, too. Other things also. <laughs> let's let's be real here. TJ Vasher, he does have a lot of questions. Um, I, the separation is a big thing, but route running is part of it also. Yeah. He was a crisper, cleaner route runner. Not getting as much separation isn't as big of a deal when you have that big of a size and frame on him. So he's got to clean up some of that stuff, um, which is why I wonder if tight end could be something that he may make a switch to. But like you said, he's got to add a lot of lot to the frame and doesn't have a whole lot of time to do it. Uh, but at 6'6", he's definitely, a team is definitely going to take a chance on the guy. Um, he's got the size. I mean, he can, he essentially eliminates small corners from the game in short down situations, short yarder situations, because you can just put him out there in space and let them go up there and make a play. Makes it a lot harder to stick short guys on him in space. You gotta get those corners who are 6'1", 6'2", who can go up and play the ball in space. You can't stick a 5'11 guy out there, 5'10 guy, and get away with it. So he does create some matchup problems. It's hard to say here at this spot. I don't hate it. I, will, I don't hate the pick. There are guys here that I would absolutely hate at 230 for them to take. This is not one of them. Not I mean, but couldn't you really just play a safety out there on him and be able to cover him because he doesn't he can't get the separation and then they would be too physical for him because he can't play with leverage you know a lot of the tall guys struggle to play with leverage and get off the press yeah, and it's because they're too big yeah they're too tall those corners are lower center gravity yeah smaller than calvin johnson and those kind of guys are the exception to the rule absolutely well, four three speed helps too yeah that does being being megatron helps a lot uh a guy that you were a big fan of a matter bb and the yep. more film i've watched of this guy the more i like him a lot this guy, there's a guy, there's a corner earlier from Michigan State that we didn't talk about. Who, Shakur Brown. Shakur Brown, who got absolutely toasted by a Matter BB on three or four different routes in their game. And unfortunately for Matter BB, their quarterback is duty, duty poopy poop face head. <laughs> He's not very good at all because their Matter BB toasted him. This guy could be a steal here. The Matter BB, the big questions for him is was the speed and the explosiveness. And when you have a 41 inch vert and you run a 4 4 40, there is no longer those questions. You have enough speed, enough explosiveness to get it done. He's a great player. Like I said, his his pro equivalence and comparison is Mohamed Sanu. You have Mohamed Sanu on your roster. Why not draft someone that's very similar to him? Let him get out there and learn from a crafty veteran like Mohamed Sanu. Learn the ins and outs because he's Mohamed Sanu before Mohamed Sanu got slow. Now, I think Sanu is a greater player. Like, overall, Sanu coming out of college is better than Amater Bibi. Don't get it twisted. No. I just see that type of potential in Josh Amater Bibi. I think he could be a very good player in the NFL. I think someone's going to get a steal if they get him in the seventh round. I don't disagree with you there. I think it would be an absolute steal if someone gets him here. Or if he goes undrafted, it'd be even, it's a heist. It's a heist at that point. 100%. Big time heist. Up next, an edge rusher you're a big fan of. You introduced me to him on film, Mr. Raymond Johnson. Out of what school, Ant? 
Southern Georgia. Southern Georgia. I got you, boy. I knew it was Southern I, or something. I, I got it for you. I'm sorry, I watched too many guys. You've watched a lot of guys, yeah. and I just watched him recently, which is why I remembered Southern Georgia. So I remembered the logo for some reason. It <laughs> stuck out in my head, but I couldn't remember the actual. I knew it was Southern something. The, the, the logo sticks out more than the color scheme. It was cool. Yeah, it's a bluish. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a well, like a darker blue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I remember it now. And a white. Oh, yeah, color. it's nice it's, color it's 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 okay. Um, I will say that the color scheme and all that, and the name is not as good as the player. That's accurate. He's somebody that is a little undersized, you know. So he's not coming out there as an edge rusher, and you're like, oh, this guy is huge and and gifted. What he is is very physical at the point of attack. He can set the edge and play hard. He's a four three base down defensive end. If he's in there, you're not worried about them getting outside and running on you. He's going to be able to set the edge and make plays, which I really like. And he's got a motor that doesn't stop, which means he gets some of the sacks, you know, from cleaning up things. So if he was on the opposite side of Nick Bosa and Bosa was pressuring the guy, Raymond Johnson would be there to get the sack because Better. he would he would run into him and then he would make the play. Um, that's kind of what he is. You, you're not going to expect this guy to get seven or eight sacks. He's not one of those guys for you, but a guy that can get three to five, depending on you know how many you know garbage sacks he gets. That, that's definitely within the realm of possibilities. What you are getting is a guy that can set the edge and, and stop teams from being able to get outside and to, you know, kind of push him out and get lanes to run in. No, 100%. Uh, I, like, I like him a lot. I like, what, I like the motor. I mean, that's the big thing. When I watched film, that was the big thing that stuck out to me was motor. He didn't quit. He keeps, he keeps continuing to apply pressure. Even when he's out of position, he tries to get himself back into position. He doesn't give up on plays, doesn't quit. Uh, and he can't teach that. Yeah. That's not teachable. That's not a teachable thing for an athlete. You either have that or you don't. That's either ingrained in your DNA and who you are as a person and a player, or uh, it isn't. Yeah. And no amount of money is going to change that. Uh, you're either going to be a guy who's going to continually have that and chip on their shoulder, and guys who are around seven picks, guys who are end end of the draft, undrafted guys, tend to have that type of chip. Very rarely do you get a guy like that who gets a little bit of money and gets paid and then falls off. So you don't have to worry about that, usually. Um, he's a guy who's going to work. He's going to grind. Uh, he's going to continue to improve, and that's what he is. He's a project. He's 100% a project start to finish, and we trust a guy like Kaseric. Yeah. We think Kaseric has done a fantastic job, and we are also well aware that Kaseric is a D-line coach. That's all he wants to be. He doesn't have aspirations for greater glory. Right. Which means you're going to get the best D-line coach each and every day working with the best talent that you can get this guy. Give him, and this is a highly talented guy to grab here in round seven. Yeah, last year I was super high on Tuska it's true. in this area, and now I'm really high on this guy. Tuska panned out for the Broncos. That he did. Hopefully this guy will pan out. If the 49ers decided to select him at 230, I think they would be happy with the player. 100%. 100%. And the guy that he could be going up against in practice right here at 230, Tommy Doyle. Out of Miami of Ohio, this guy is actually pretty gosh darn impressive, man. Yeah, I really like Tommy Doyle. Yeah, I was watching the film, and you know what? He's he's got some very good technique and a lot of ability. Um, he's not going to overpower you. He's not going to be one of those guys that's going to get out there and bully you. What he is going to do is get himself in the right positions and make blocks. Get his body between the runner and the hole, and he's going to be able to create seams and places for people to run. Plus, good second level blocker. Got up to the second level, was able to, you know, be able to make combo blocks and get off his initial block and get up there. I really liked what he was doing. He made a lot of plays that sprung big plays. Mm -hmm. And so when you're watching right away, that there's that. Also, his kick slide is smooth. 
He plays low. He wasn't playing high, which we see from a lot of tall guys. The pad level on this guy is fantastic. It is consistent. He's not a lot of bobbing. He's never, he's very rarely very high in space. And he doesn't let a lot of players get into his chest plate. Mm -hmm. That's something I'm concerned with is a lot of players will invite a defensive player to get into their chest plate and they just get drove back. You don't see that from him. He puts the anchor in the ground and he stuffs it right there. From what I saw of him from the film that I've watched so far, I'm very impressed with him. And in the seventh round, he could be a developmental steal for the 49ers. 100% can, because he doesn't have a lot of the fundamental stuff that you worry about with certain guys. You may, may check all the physical athletic boxes, but can't develop the fundamental skills to have success at the NFL level at the tackle position. He has a lot of the fundamental stuff down. He just doesn't have all the athletic stuff. Doesn't check a lot of the athletic boxes, which is why he's in round seven. Couldn't he also, I think he's also one of those guys that translates tackle, guard, or center. He could. I think he could play any of them. And it fits exactly with what the 49ers look for in the O-line. Yep. I mean, it's, they want a guy who can move around and play in a bunch of different spots. Um, he does it. And I, his technique is extremely impressive for a guy who's playing in Miami of Ohio. I uh, agree. And I think he looked very polished on film when I watched it. I was surprised um, when he showed me the tape. I was surprised I hadn't heard of him before. And I was even more surprised that he was as far down on boards as he is. Man, he, he could be something special. He could develop into something special. Don't ever think of this guy as like an all-pro Hall of Fame type player. I don't think that's I don't think that's in his repertoire, but in terms of developing into a solid starter for a team for years or a solid guy, rotational guy, who's there and, and serviceable tackle in the league for years and years and years, he could be he could be that. I think his college film is better than Justin Skule and every bit as good as Colton McKibbins. There you go. I like it. Yeah. And I wouldn't disagree with you at all there <laughs> whatsoever on it. I loved what I saw of him. Uh, last guy on our list, list, tight end out of BYU, Matt Bushman. ACL injury this year. Yeah, the ACL. So he's coming off the injury. A lot of people thought he was going to go back to school. I mean, that made the most sense. It did. But he decided to come out, you know, give it a try. I think Bushman would make a lot of sense for the 49ers if they end up with Zach Wilson. 100%. Right, because then you, you add Bushman, you add somebody that he's comfortable with, he already has chemistry with throwing to. Bushman is a solid player. I mean, he really is. He does everything pretty good. Um, he he kind of reminds me of the guys we already have, to be honest with you. Um, so I don't think there's a lot, you know, a big improvement. He's not going to improve the room a whole lot. But when you're in the seventh round, you're looking for maybe get a genie in a bottle, you know, something that you, comes out and makes a big play. Um, I think that, yeah, he makes sense in the seventh round. Uh, I wouldn't go anywhere near him early on because I'm worried about the injury. He's coming off of that. But I think he can make sense for the 49ers. And, and he can, he's a good blocker and a good receiver. He's not great at anything, but good. And the Niners have shown that they will go tight end if they love somebody. They will. And if Zach Wilson is the pick at three, they may love the guy. They may think he's a perfect fit with Zach Wilson and maybe that little security blanket for him that could develop into that or even more. Yeah. Um, and, and tight end, I know a lot of people feel tight end's not a position of need. Listen, the Niners and Kyle Shanahan have shown that the tight end position is, is valuable and important. And they use it in a lot of different, in a variety of different ways within the offense. I mean, it really does surprise me that people think tight end is not a position of need because when you're looking at the interior offensive line, we have more starts and more security there than we do at the tight end spot. Charlie Warner hasn't proved anything. No, and and what if Kittle goes down, you're you're asking Ross Dwelly to be the every down Kittle replacement. That's just not... And for Warner to work. have to produce on the offensive end as a pass receiver. Yeah, he can't do that yet. He's not. He's, he's, he's not a there. Troy Tulolo... You know, guy. Oh, yeah, that's good. You know, I mean, he's a blocker. That's yeah. what he does. They, I just think that they either have to have four tight ends or they need to replace Charlie Warner because he hasn't developed as a receiving threat. And maybe he'll prove me wrong in training camp, and I sure hope he does because I think he, he could yeah. be a good player. 
Yeah, but Charlie Warner. I'll be honest, he didn't look like a six-round pick. He looked like an undrafted free agent trying to make the team last year. I mean, that's yeah, he just it didn't look good. He was getting overpowered on goal line runs, which that's his thing. You know, it's like, dude, you better be really great at the thing we drafted you to do, and he wasn't. No. But hopefully he gets it together because I'd really like to see the tight end position add more. But to me, that is definite weakness for the 49ers of the tight end position. It's not as strong as people think. I think people overvalue George Kittle. And not, and, and that's hard to say, right? Like overvaluing George Kittle. But you're putting George Kittle up to this pedestal that when he's on the field, your tight end position is secure. And you're right. But what happens if he's off the field? That's the key. And he's, he gets injured. And, yeah, he and there there has been a high value put on Ross Dwelly. Mm-hmm. And that is by certain personalities for the 49ers that have acted like Ross Dwelly is one of the greatest things in sliced bread and Ross Dwelly is a good player decent player but I wasn't I was kind of surprised they brought him back I almost thought they were going to move away from him I, th- I was pretty convinced I mean and you know how I was feeling during the season yeah. about Ross Dwelly I, I said it numerous times I didn't say it on the podcast because you're not trying to bash nobody but during the season that I felt like Dwelly was underproducing and underperforming poor blocker he did not look good. No. He started to clean it up a little bit towards the end, and he has his moments, but he's not consistent across the board, and kind of gonna, you're going to have to be. Yeah, he looked bad. 2019, he looked really good. 2020, he struggled. And I think it's crazy that we give uh, Mike McGlinchey so much heat, but we don't give Ross Dwelly the same amount of heat when hey. Ross Dwelly played as bad as Mike McGlinchey did. Yeah, especially in, the run, especially in the, in run, the run game. game. Yeah. Especially in the run game. Mike McGlinchey did not play that bad in the run game. No. He did play fairly bad in the pass game. But, you know, hey, he's fixing it. Oh, he's going to fix it. We've seen the work happen. I have, com- I have complete faith in Mike McGlinchey. I do as well. I do as well. Mike McGlinchey, you got this, man. We have faith. Ross Dwelly, figure it out or... Uh, Matt Bushman could be your replacement. You never know. <laughs> Let us know what you think down below. Are there any players that we missed? Because this is it. This is the last pick for the 49ers that we can talk about. This is the last one. It's tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. Make sure you're subscribed if you haven't already. Hit that like button as well, that notification bell. And let us know. Did we miss anyone? Is there someone we should have talked about? Gary, you can't say TJ Vasher. We covered him. We got you, fam. But is there anyone else? Let us know in the comments section. Chat it up. Let's have a conversation because this is the last time we can talk about it because tomorrow it's happening. Yeah, and don't miss your opportunity to smash that subscribe button or to join us on draft day tomorrow because we are going to be going live and we're going to be bringing every single pick with full commentary. You want to be here for the comments. You want to be here for the conversation. And you want to be here for the reactions that are going to happen. It's going to be fun. And the celebration. We're going to be celebrating Woo! a lot. Hopefully we're celebrating 750. Hopefully we're celebrating a quarterback at three. And not McCorkle, just just not McCorkle. Hopefully, you know, we're celebrating the Niners trading back up and getting Zayvon Collins. Like, there's so many things, potential things to be celebrating tomorrow. You, you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Make sure you're here. Hit that subscribe button right now, today. Join the community. And until tomorrow, fans, you stay safe. Remember, the right way is always the 49ers way.